Welcome to the Pathway Podcast. This is a special interview episode with Tyler Evett. Tyler is a Pathway small group leader, Pathway Kids coach, and the Fuse director. Tyler's story shows that no matter where you are or what you do for a living, and no matter how many times those things change, God's call to love and serve never changes. Here's a peek into Tyler's unique story and personality. Tyler Evett, as you well know, probably, the Pathway podcast is meant to help reveal the stories and personalities of Pathway. Mm. And you have one of the most distinct personalities that I know in the whole world. Thank you. Thank you. Do you view yourself as unique? Do you view yourself as somebody who views the world differently, lives differently, has a distinct personality? Do you view yourself in that way? I mean, not really, but <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm told it enough that I guess I I guess I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why like what are some things that people have told you, "Hey, that's strange or that's unique?" It's different, and nobody else really does it that way. Is there anything that sticks out to your mind that people consistently say, or just something that that you really took you off guard? I don't know if this is answering your question or not, but the first thing I can think of, the only thing that really sticks out, I guess, is the the doing stuff really early, which I don't know. I just don't like to be stressed out, and I get stressed if I know that I have something to do. So I like to do everything that I have to do super early. I call that procrastinating. Um, like early in the morning? I'm definitely more productive in the morning. But, I mean, like just anything in general, like I have a to-do list pretty much every day. So if there's something I have to do, then I do that really early so that like the rest of the day I can do whatever I want. But, I mean, I wouldn't call that – I don't know, whatever you said, weird and unique. I'll just call <laughs> that being efficient. <laughs> but you've coined that term, precrastinator. You made that up, right? Precrastinator. I definitely thought of it. If it existed before I said it, I'm not sure. But but uh, yeah, I definitely thought of that myself. I was very proud of that. <laughs> so there's one story that sticks out in my mind for you precrastinating, as you put it. And it's a story that when I'm trying to introduce people to the kind of person you are and somebody's like, what's, what's Evett like? What's, what's his personality like? And I, I tell the same story. Do you know what story I'm talking about? The Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go ahead and run us through kind of your, I've told the story so many times <laughs> that I'm not sure if it's how much truth is still left in it. So I'll let you go ahead. <laughs> well, it was all a lie from the beginning. None of this actually. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I had to take a bunch of Spanish in college and the homework you had online homework and then you had, uh, the book homework that was like weekly, but the online homework was, it was all given to you day one. So like when you signed up for the class and got the book, you had everything there. And it's the online homework is like easy to do. Even if you don't know what you're doing, it's like, it's that kind of work. Like it's just easy to, to pass. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, you, you were a student. What year were you at the U of A uh, when this uh, happened? junior maybe so junior Sophomore. year at the u of a something like that online class yeah uh no the ho the homework was online okay we, we still met in person back then <laughs> uh, <laughs> i forgot <laughs> yeah it was oh uh, weird times uh no but 
the first the first day of class we got that so i went home um and i did the whole semester's worth of online homework and i remember thinking this is this is pretty easy i'm in for a cruise of a semester and we get into class the next day. i'm i'm pretty sure because that's the only way that makes sense i'm pretty sure i did that on monday and tuesday and then had class that wednesday and then we get there wednesday and maestro that was our professor maestro he says hey guys sorry i gave you the wrong homework i gave you the previous uh semester's homework so the reason it was so easy is because i was doing the homework that i had done the year before so that was cool so <laughs> wait a second this is part of the story that i get wrong what you were doing <laughs> a year behind you i thought that it was he had posted the wrong section or something. He he posted the wrong year. <laughs> <laughs> so so I took, I don't remember if it was junior year or sophomore. Let's just say it was junior year. So if it was junior year, I was doing sophomore year's homework. And I got it all done. <laughs> uh, so I show up. He says all that. I'm like, well, that's awesome. That was a waste of, I don't know, probably four hours in the library. and I don't, it, it didn't take a whole lot of time, I guess. But uh, So then we get the correct homework. And, I mean, I did the same thing. I went and finished it all. I was in too deep at that point. I couldn't I couldn't drag that out anymore. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good refresher. But there you go. I just think about you doing that. You do stuff like that all the time. I guess that's like an extreme example where you take a whole semester's <laughs> worth of work. But I remember early on when we met in 2000. 11 yeah 2011 well that's not when we met that's when you got to school yeah. right yeah when you got to u of a and i was a senior you were a freshman and we would try to get people to help out and volunteer with the college ministry and right away like we realized wait a second every time we give this guy something to do he gets it done immediately and it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like to-do list hot potato as soon as you get it in your hands, you just kind of throw it as fast as you can out of your hands. But so that's that's just one of the things I think about. When is there anything else that you think about when when people? I mean, this is probably just super broad, but I don't know. I think what it. I mean, I guess what what I do like a lot of it just comes down to I don't like to be bored. I like to do stuff. So I don't know. I like to. That's why I like to get stuff that I have to do done early and as far as doing stuff like I'll pretty much you know do whatever yeah like today we're recording this at 3 30 and originally said one o'clock <laughs> and when I texted you said hey it's gonna be a lot later I just knew I should be really apologetic just because of if I delay something for you that d- I feel, that, I feel yes. terrible. It is a little. Not that I had anything more important to do. I just don't like getting thrown off. <laughs> so how did you get to, we've already covered you. You went to the U of A. We're students. That's how we got to know each other. We were both students. Uh, your freshman year, I was a senior. Uh, how did you get to the U of A initially? How did you, why did you come here? Why did you get involved at Pathway and Thrive? Uh, so I came to... Well, I guess, so I'm from East End, um, and I went to East Union, which was Pathways Sending Church, uh, so I already knew of Pathway, and I, I don't remember if I'd been or not, surely I'd been at some point, um, 
but I knew a lot of the people that were already here. Uh, Ryan, Clint, Harmony. And I knew y'all. I didn't know y'all as well. Or as, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I knew a bunch of people already. I knew of Jeremy. Uh, so I didn't really... How did you know of those people? How did you know of Jeremy? Uh, Clinton and Harmony Clint? both went to East Union while I was there. Um, who else? Ryan as well. And what's East Union? It's a church. <laughs> <laughs> it's the church I went to growing up. It's the. Did you already say that? Yeah, I, I think so. I said okay. it was Pathways Sending Church. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, so that's East Union for anyone that missed it the first time. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? You were asking me something. <laughs> How'd you, did you? Oh yeah. So, and then I, you know, I knew I knew of y'all because of y'all's like uh, cult following at camp. Um, for what, what were y'all? Y'all the band? Did y'all the name? Lagoon, uh, we didn't initially. We were eventually called Lagunas. Lagunas. <laughs> I knew Clinton Harmony and Ryan because um, they went to East Union, which is where I grew up at. And I knew, I, I didn't know you and Carrie well, but I knew y'all from camp. Um, I knew, oh, Andrew Price. He was one of my. Uh, my cell group leaders whenever I was at NC2 as a student. So I guess he would have been, he maybe would have been a freshman up here at that time. But yeah, I forgot about that. I knew Andrew coming in. So yeah, I just knew a lot of people already. I knew the church. Um, so I've never really had to look for a church anywhere. I've lived really, I guess, in three different places. But that's kind of cool. Like I feel like that's a, a pretty rare thing but I've never had to look for anywhere. I've always just kind of known where I was going to be, I guess. Why do you think that's a rare thing for not having to ever look for a church? Well, because I went to the same church since I was like three years old um, and then went there all the way through graduation. So, I mean, we never moved. I guess it's probably part of it's because I've only lived in, you know, three places. And one of those places that I lived was Columbia, which we went to for the sole purpose of starting a church. So we didn't have to look for one there. So I think it's rare partially because, like I said, we, we didn't really move ever. Um, and I don't know, I guess some people, I don't know, maybe they get dissatisfied with their church or wherever they are and just decide they need to need to go somewhere else. And I've always been happy where I was. Yeah, what's there to be dissatisfied about at Pathway? You know, it's perfect. Right. I mean, I'm still here. I, I, I left, but that wasn't a that wasn't a discontentment thing. Mm. That was uh, because, well, I guess I'll go with Ben now. <laughs> yeah, to get to that point, so you went your, I guess your summer before your senior year, right? The the first time? Or it was the, summer of 13, so what, what would that have been? Summer before my soft, the summer, uh, The summer after my sophomore okay. year was the first. That was when everyone moved up. That was the first time I went up there. So in 2013, we asked you to take your summer and to intern with the former associate pastor at Pathway, Ben Hightower, and myself. We're planning a new church in Columbia, Missouri. We asked you to intern with us, which... We didn't really know what we were doing. We didn't know that at the time. We thought we knew exactly what we were doing. But uh, I remember that being a uh, a big ask of you to – it was kind of late in the school year to be making summer plans. But 
we asked you to be an intern for us in Columbia, Missouri. We were moving in June, and we asked you to move with us and be there day one as an intern just for the summer. Why did you say yes to that, and do you regret it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I legit don't remember if it was ever even a question. You might remember that better, but that seems like something that, looking back, if I'm asked, hey, do you want to come up there and you know, help us for the summer, that I would have just pretty much said yeah without thinking about it because I almost certainly had nothing else going on. I'd have probably went home, worked at the, the radiator shop. Uh, I worked at a radiator shop once. Yeah, so that was that was probably one of those situations where it's, like I was saying earlier, something to do. Where it's like, I've, I've got nothing to, nothing to do till next year. Hey, do you want to move to Columbia? Yeah, okay. What are we going to do? Well, who knows? <laughs> Ride bikes. <laughs> you did that not just one summer. You did that two summers. Yeah. And then you graduated from U of A and moved up there. Yeah. You moved up. I, I left in 2014. So I, d- I don't regret it. <laughs> to, to get back to your other question. So so being yeah, in Columbia, left. like those two summers, and then you moved there after graduation. What was the difference between living there those two summers just as an intern temporarily, and then you spent how many years there after graduation? Uh, four and a, some change. So a little over five. four years. What's the difference between those summers and then the four or so years that you lived there after in the beginning, it probably wasn't that different because it probably didn't sink in. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to pick out like when it would have changed, but I guess it would have been, I mean, it would have probably been a, a year into it maybe before it really sunk in. Like, like even now it's hard to think. I lived in Missouri for like four years. Like my entire adult life until last year, I lived in Missouri. That's weird to think about, and it it's a, it was a lot longer than it feels like. Why was it weird? I don't know because like I don't know. I guess in in no world growing up did I think yeah one day I'm gonna I'm gonna live in Columbia, Missouri, you know, home of shelter insurance and whatever the other thing up there is. I forget. What is it? It's the university, I guess. Yeah, and that's the only other. I thought there was another one. I thought so too. But yeah, and then the fact that. I lived in Fayetteville for, what, four years and then moved back. Like, it's, it, it almost, and I, I think I've talked to you about this before, but it almost feels like that was just like a dream. Like, because, I mean, in, in the time it was, you know, just life. It was just happening and it seemed so long. But since, you know, I kind of bookended it with Fayetteville, like, it kind of feels like I never left Fayetteville. And a lot of that, I think, is also because a lot of the people that were here when I left, not all of them, but a lot of them were still here. So moving back, it wasn't really like moving to a new city. You know, it was just jumping back in from when I had left. I don't know if that makes sense. but You graduated from U of A. You got your bachelor's, right? Mm-hmm. In history. Am I correct? History. Yeah, I do a thing in these podcasts where I give, I answer all the questions. Well, you know my story probably about <laughs> as good as I do, so we you could just tell it, and I could sit here and verify it for. That, that, that's all <laughs> I'll tell for right now. You had your bachelor's in history, yeah, and then moved to Columbia because you interned with us, and then you decided, hey, I'm going to work with this church, 
Uh, ended up working at Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. Walk us through everything. <laughs> Just kind of go down the list. Don't go into in much detail. But yeah, in so much detail. If you would go down the list of all the things that you did in Columbia, because you every time I talked to you on the phone <laughs> or saw you, we would go there for New Year's every year. You were doing something different. It seemed. Yeah. Uh. Okay. So, I get there in the summer. Um. What did I do that summer? Maybe I, I guess I didn't have a job during the summer. And then, because the first job I had was subbing, which, you know, isn't during the summer. So I did that. Uh, it was a long-term sub position uh, at a preschool. And the lady said, or, or the lady that I was her aide, she's like, are you going to apply for the position? I said, nope. And she said, you should. So I said, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. And I ended up working there uh, till the end of that year, or the end of the school year. And at some point in there, I'd started to work on my MAT for teaching. Decided, nah. How'd you, how long did you do the MAT for? Oh, I don't remember. Not long. Through Mizzou? No, through uh, Columbia College. So, then I started to do... Which, MAT, it's Masters of Arts in Teaching. Just. Yeah. So, then I started to do um, the Liberty program. So, I got... I finished that one. <laughs> uh, the Masters in... Oh, it's a mouthful. You, it's the same thing you got. You probably remember yeah, it's it. Liberty <laughs> University Seminary. So, it's Masters of Arts in Christian Ministry with a cognate in Discipleship and Church Ministry. Yeah. See, that's that's a lot. Oh, yeah, it's up on the wall. There's Mitchell's right on the wall. Good for you. I don't know where mine's at. Yeah, we. so we. what's weird is that the same time you were substitute teaching, I was substitute teaching. Same time, I think you were, you started behind me in Liberty, and then you ended up passing me. Procrastinating me. Because I think I took an eight-week course off, maybe. Eight-week period. That's I can't remember, but anyway. Yeah, Yeah. so I did that, um, and then I needed... So I needed to do my, – my position there wasn't paid through the summer, so it wasn't salary like the teachers. The, the aid position was uh, hourly. So started working at the Applebee's, uh, and then I decided that – Neighborhood Bar and Grill. Applebee's Neighborhood Grill and Bar, I believe, actually. <laughs> I think it goes the other way. <laughs> Vet that. Do we got – That's how they stand out. <laughs> Uh, what legit the funnest job I ever had, least lucrative but quite fun. There's, there's a story about yeah, that what? time period at Applebee's that, that you tell that I tell other people oh as well, just to kind of describe Columbia. I lived there for 18 months. Ever lived there for five, four years and some change, and it's a tough place. It's not uh, there's not a whole lot of southern hospitality. It's it's mm. it's in the Midwest, even though it's not too far from here, and. Uh, and there's not a whole lot. Of, the church culture in Columbia is very different. It's a college town, in in the Midwest, so it's it, it's it's not a big, distinct church or uh, there's not a big church culture like there is here yeah, in the someone south. Someone asked me if I was a priest. Yeah, that's the story that I tell. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's much of a so story. So you're you're a volunteer <laughs> at a church plant, yeah. right? At a brand new. You're trying to start a church from nothing. You're just a volunteer, like trying to. <laughs> be in the community and love people and serve people and like start small groups and stuff. 
and how <laughs> people, everyday people in Colombia, took it as yeah. So in Colombia, the and if you, you may remember this, in Colombia, the question isn't like, do you go to church or you know around here, it's a lot of like, are you Baptist? Are you Methodist? Like all that stuff. In Colombia, it's are you religious? And it's it's everything. You're either religious or you're not. So here, somebody asked me that. And I'm, I'm going to say, like, no, because I feel like that has a weird, like, connotation here. But up there, I learned, like, you just say yes, and then you clarify from there. But If you say no, you're this big weirdy because you're like, no, I'm not religious. I have a relationship with God. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, this guy's cuckoo. But here it's, like, the cool thing to put on your religion status on Facebook. Yeah. Is that even still a thing on Facebook? I don't know. I was writing I a Fuse lesson where I talk about that, and I say, like, I, I, I make, I think, the opposite point. It's like, yeah, it's sort of cliche, but I mean, it's kind of true. <laughs> so I don't know. I uh, don't have a Facebook. <laughs> what were we saying? Oh, so anyway, yeah, I'm not a priest, but I worked at Applebee's neighborhood bar, uh, grill and bar. Where they asked you if you were a priest. Yeah. Because they have a lot of people don't have the context of kind of evangelical church I world. I did see the Pope once, though, in person. So working at Applebee's. And between doing that and doing the courses online, I decide that I'm not going to work full time. Uh, so, I, you know, basically didn't continue working at the preschool that next year. Uh, I don't remember how long that lasted, um, but eventually. So a couple that came to Summit, uh, she was a paramedic and an EMT paramedic teacher. And she said, sort of the same situation. A lot of my decisions have come because someone says, do you want to do such and such? And I say, no. And then they say, you should. Then I say, okay. So she <laughs> she uh, said, you should take my EMT class. And so I did. And then after that, we just kind of went into medic from there. Um, so there I worked. Once I got the EMT, none of the ambulances were hiring. Uh, so I started work as a uh, tech at one of the hospitals in Jeff City and then got on the ambulance whenever they started hiring in Columbia. At some point during that, I think it was during the EMT, uh, I got on with the volunteer fire department, uh, which I was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's the yeah, that's the last thing I was I was an EMT on the truck until I moved back to Fayetteville. So, just to recap. Somewhere in that time, I had applied for <laughs> <laughs> something at Shelter Insurance. Don't remember. Uh, didn't get it. Had a ton of ends. I was a shoe-in. I just knew I was going to get it. And then I didn't. Uh, applied at a Friday's. Forgot that. Before I got the job at Applebee's. And they called me and told me they were going a different direction. <laughs> um, what else? I applied for Fridays. the <laughs> yeah, TGI Fridays, man. Ain't no Applebee's, but... I applied at Walmart while in Columbia. Yeah. They didn't even call me. Uh, see, Friday's has the decency to call you when they don't want you. Yeah, yeah. And then applied for uh, the Columbia Police Department. Didn't get that. And then I applied for Jeff City and Columbia Fire Department. And if if I would have not moved back, that's what I would be doing now. Uh, so... I mean, kind of glad that I'm not, but I don't know. It would have been cool. But I got 
So they, they did their first round of hiring for both of those uh, a couple months before I officially decided I was moving back. And then within a month of moving back to Fayetteville, I got calls from both of them asking to interview. It's like, dude, <laughs> like you should have called me the first time, man. I'd moving back was a mistake. Yeah, well, you could always move back. <laughs> All right, so just to summarize, in Columbia, you start off as a church plant intern. Mm. Then you are a preschool, you're a substitute teacher, then you're a preschool teaching aide, right? Yeah. Then you're an Applebee's waiter. Then, but at, then at that point, you're, you're not working full years, working part time at Applebee's. You're going to Liberty. Nights. You're going to Liberty Seminary. Yeah. Online, get your masters from Liberty, Liberty Seminary School of Divinity. That's a little bit fancier. Mm. Then you're a Liberty volunteer. Vol, then you're EMT, right? Mm -hmm. Volunteer firefighter, at the same time. And then, when do you get your medic license? Sometime in that last. And, the, and then you're a medic. Right, I, I got that like, oh, I got that in March. I got that like, so I never actually got to work as a medic uh, past clinicals because, you know, you're supposed to give people a two-week notice. Well, I figured I'd, you know, do the righteous thing and give them like a two-month notice because I knew that I was leaving. So, yeah, they decide they're not going to put me through uh, the, what do you, it's not, maybe it's cold orientation, whatever it is. They decide they're not going to put me through at my work once I get my license, um, to, to be able to actually start work as a medic. So for the last like month of me working there, I'm licensed, but I'm not given the go-ahead by our company to work as a medic. So I spent most of those shifts working the wheelchair van, which is basically just uh, uh, transports, like really low-level, non-emergent anything, because if I'm on the truck and something goes down, legally, I have to work to my licensure. But with the company, I'm not allowed. So I'm actually not 100% sure if that was okay, what they made me do. We'll cut that so, out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. For a lot of people at Pathway it may have seemed like you just came out of nowhere, right? Because you were gone for so long, but you were here for almost an equal amount of time here and there. So in Fayetteville, you were here for about four years. In Columbia, you were there for four years and some change. So when you came back, in a lot of ways, I felt like you felt comfortable with a lot of people that you knew, most everybody that you knew were, were, was still here. But then for a lot of people, especially with the students and things like that you began to work with and serve with in your current position as fuse director, it may feel like you've, you came out of nowhere. So that kind of gets us up to speed of like when you came back to Fayetteville, uh, why did you come back to Fayetteville? Sounds like everything was going really well in Columbia. <laughs> you just said that you could have been like a firefighter, which, which I always felt like you really enjoyed. Why did you move back? Well, part of it was, because of Fuse, I know you and me had had conversations about um, how that was, like there was there was an opportunity that like there was work to be done. Um, like I think weren't for the most part weren't you basically doing the stuff in Fuse that I'm doing now. Um, so 
in Columbia, it was just like, I'd, I'd gotten to the point where I'd, I knew I wasn't going to be there, you know, forever. Um, and at a certain point, like, there just, it didn't really feel like there was much else to do ministry-wise. And there was that opportunity here, which I had helped with, not at that level, but I'd helped with while I was in college. Um, and I know I enjoyed it. So just kind of knowing that Columbia was on a time clock for me anyway, and knowing that there was something that I could do here in Fayetteville. I mean, that's between those two things. I mean, I'd say that was the biggest part of it. When you showed back up, we asked you to get involved in a bunch of things because you had been such a high level volunteer before you left and you had done so many interesting things working with summit and the church plant there in Columbia. Uh, can you describe your transition back here and can can you describe like what kind of things were asked of you, like what you were hoping to do, what actually people asked of you and, and uh, just kind of describe that process of transitioning back to Fayetteville. Um, what was asked of me that I did, I guess, was uh, I, I wanted to be as involved with Fuse as I could, which what I'm doing now is what I wanted. I guess that first semester or two was, I guess, orienting myself to what that looked like coming coming into something that already existed but not really knowing what it looked like I guess to take over that position um which is why this semester has been really fun because now I'm not going to do the math but I think over 50 percent of our students are new students um so that's cool so this is this generation now is like this fuse is the only fuse they knew or the only fuse they know. So that made this semester a lot easier for me, like mentally to, to be of that mindset. Like, okay, like I'm, I'm leading now instead of stepping into something else. Um, what else? What'd you ask me? Oh, things that I was asked to do. You asked me to lead a small group and I didn't want to cause I said, <laughs> I said, that I wanted to, you know, put as much much effort into Fuse as I could and would rather just do that. And obviously, I'm a smaller leader now, and I'm very glad that I did that. <laughs> and now I've had a lot of fun with it. Why are you glad you did it? So part of it is, you know, back to this again, is having something to do. So, like, a lot of, a lot of free time. And then where I work now... Um, we have a lot of downtime, so instead of, you know, just watching Netflix or whatever, it, it gives me gives me a reason to study things further. And I haven't led an adult group in, I guess we had a, that's not entirely true, I guess. We had, for a couple months in Columbia, a, a young adult small group that I led, um, but it was it was towards the end so it wasn't that long so i hadn't really led an adult group 
in this capacity, I guess, really ever. Um, so it's been it's been fun getting to do that, getting to know people better who I I knew, but I didn't know very well. It's just another place to get to, you know, talk to talk to people from Pathway that uh, you don't you don't get the chance to a lot. I feel like I was in the process of answering another question, and then we jumped to that one. So I don't remember what we were talking about. I do remember the transition whenever we were playing the. This isn't related to anything really, but whenever we were doing the Nerf War last year, and I was gonna go put music on the loudspeakers, and I asked. I think it was Sydney, but I asked one of the students if kids still like Thousand Foot Crutch. And which was a band that we listened to when I was in youth group. He said, "We don't know what that is." So that's been uh, it's been something to get used to. Kids not knowing great music, but you're part of a really healthy and quite large youth group growing up. Yeah. Um, when you were stepping into the role of being Fuse director and being in charge of our team ministry here at Pathway, what are some of the things that, that you experienced in your youth ministry when you were in junior high and high school that you tried to and are trying to incorporate into Fuse? So my childhood, like when I think of a lot of the fun things that I got to do, so much of that was directly from the youth group, like the summer activities that we did. Like so many of my best memories are, uh, you know, either of camp or just hanging out with friends at the church like they'd open up the gym and stuff and we'd go play um but that's like that that was something else that i think is rare is that my whole friend group that i hung out with at school we were all in the same youth group like if you where i grew up if you went to school as most people do you only went to one school like here there's like i think fuse has like five different schools represented in the youth group, but we all went to the same school. We all pretty much went to the same church. Uh, so it wasn't like different. All of my, all of my church friends were my school friends. But again, most of the fun things that we did were with the youth group. So that's something that I tried to do this summer, which, and it stinks because we had to miss out on, you know, AYC and NC2 and, you know, two of the things that I, I really enjoyed as a student. But doing stuff, not necessarily like spiritual stuff, um, but just doing things as a youth group. So, like, we, we did that hiking trip. We did fishing day. I feel like we did other stuff. Um, but things like that, just trying to uh, trying to have events. Oh, and movie night. That's what it is. We had like 12 movie nights. I don't know why I forgot that. Um, but doing things that we can hang out as a group and like build those memories and those friendships and stuff. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. From being part of a bigger church and a bigger youth group growing up to being a part of Pathway kind of in its teenage years of church plant life cycle and uh, then going and working with a brand new church plant in (laughs) Columbia and then coming back and working with Pathway and, and being in charge of our team ministry here. Through all those experiences, what do you feel like God 
has been trying to teach you? What is like the one thing that you're like, man, because of all those things, I know that God is trying to show me this. I've, I've not thought about that before, <laughs> but I guess right off the top of my head, I would say service. Um, because so East Union was, it's, it's way bigger now. Um, but it was, it was a really big and very healthy church, um, whenever I was growing up, but all of my years there was as a teenager. So I didn't really see that much of like the behind the scenes and, uh, the service and stuff other than what what was directly for me, like my Sunday school teacher, um, you know, Doug and the people that he was the youth pastor at East Union and the people that volunteered there. Um, but there's, there's a lot that needs to be done, uh, just from, from the volunteers that I never saw whenever I was there. Cause I just wasn't focused on it. And then coming to pathway and then especially in Columbia where, everything that you do is whatever happens is completely up to y'all, you know, like always going to be something that needs to get done. Um, and I guess thrive, thrive would have been, you know, that's, uh, not church, I guess, but like that, that was another place where I think I really learned like why service is so important. And I guess, just to speak to that a little bit more, I'm, I think y'all talked about this in a previous podcast, because at one point, Thrive was led by you, Lawson, and Mitch, or you are Mitch, you, Lawson, and Andrew, and were you a, you were a student still then too, right? Yeah, for one of the two years. Okay. So, yeah, that was completely led by volunteers, and then coming back to Pathway uh, and seeing, you know, just how much gets done from volunteers so I guess I guess that would be it and you know now one of my friends well a couple of my friends work at East Union now and we'll talk sometimes and so that's that's kind of cool getting to see kind of that aspect of that church now not not really paying attention to that or noticing it whenever I was growing up but seeing the people and what they do behind the scenes now to make that you know a healthy church yeah, it is weird that I've thought about that before, how I've gotten to see basically every phase of church life from, you know, boots on the ground to self-sufficient, healthy, sending out. It's cool. Yeah, when I think about your time, because like I, I met you when you were 15, I think. It was 2008. Is that right? Uh, I think I was in 10th grade. Yeah, so you're right around there, at least in... And I thought you were a strange, strange guy, right? Like you, your sense of humor very distinct. And I, the first time you did connection cards, I think people who didn't know you after you came back and did connection cards, the intro and outro for our worship services, people are like, "Wait a second, this guy just isn't going to stand up there and say." <laughs> Why do we give this guy a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> I think Brad, who's a deacon at Pathway, he told me he said I was I was teaching that day in the back and pathway kids and and brad said uh i was just glad you weren't in the worship center because you'd be sweating bullets <laughs> waiting on whatever it was going to say next but but i i just i love how you 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 have this distinct personality but 
you want to be involved in everything. And that's kind of a rare thing. And working with volunteers uh, for the last you know, 10, 15 years, it's, it's always great to see somebody who's, who says, who asks all the right questions to find out everything that we do, but then wants to be a part of it and wants to help pull off literally everything that we do. And you're, you've been involved with uh, our kids, teens, college ministry, small adult small groups across the board. You name it, you've been a part of. You were you a Thrive intern, right? Were you officially a Thrive intern? Bro, I was president. Oh, president of Thrive? <laughs> well, you were officially like an intern, uh, right? Yeah. So you were a Thrive intern, mm-hmm. and you were just involved across. And to me, like that, when I think about people that are trying their best to follow Jesus, number one, dedication to the local church, right? And, and recognizing that that's what Jesus asked his followers to do. And then number two, not wanting to specialize to the point that you are ignoring what else is going on in the church. You are somebody who wants to understand everything that's going on and see how you can help. And to see that, to me, that's evidence of the Holy Spirit working through you and convicting you about different things because it's, uh, it's just been amazing to see what all you've done over the last uh, 10 years now uh, since you've been almost, yeah, 10 years, 10 years just in a few months. So, so that's crazy. Uh, we're going to end this on um, a very serious question. Uh, you and, and Tyler Lisko are residents of the Brown House. A very important question to you. What is the Brown House? My residence. <laughs> Should I elaborate? <laughs> that's fine. If that's, what, what if, is if that's your answer, I'll just cut it out. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't, I mean, I'm strange. what a strange question. Uh, let's see. I live here. We have Fuse next door. That's convenient. Um, we, we have a gym in the Fuse garage now. Which is the same place, Fuse Garage, is where we meet. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, you can cut this out. I don't have a good answer to this question. <laughs> <I was laughs> what really is hoping. the Fuse Garage? Or what is the Brown House? <laughs> I, I was mean, expecting for like like a philosophical... I don't an think idea. that way about here. It's I an like idea more than a structure. It's This is completely practical to me. It's a canvas this where is, you where we paint our masterpieces. This is four walls and a roof. All right. Well, that's it. That's <laughs> all I got. I think I got it covered. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I guess that was good. People going to listen to that? We'll see. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Tyler has done a wonderful job leading our teen ministry during a difficult year. We are so thankful to have him a part of our Pathway team and family. For more information about Fuse, small groups, or anything Pathway related, contact us at pathwaybaptist.com connect.